After doing this show for almost four and a half years, some consider us OGs in the space. We aren't, unless OG means old guys. Today, we speak with an actual OG in the Bitcoin world. Jihan Wu's been into Bitcoin for more than 10 years and founded Bitmain, a multi-billion dollar semiconductor company specializing in chips for crypto mining. Now, Jihan is the founder of Matrixport, Asia's fastest growing digital asset platform. Jihan's very thoughtful and methodical in choosing his words. So you'll want to listen carefully as he takes us on his journey through the crypto world. We're glad to finally have the inspiration for the blockchain hero Megamine on this show. So join us in saying woohoo as we welcome Jihan Wu to episode number 557. Of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Sir Lord Travis Wright, we get to check another OG off the list today because we finally got Jihan Wu to come to the show. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is I was thinking about that. It's like, I was kind of surprised that we got Jihan Wu before we got one of the Winklevi on. I know. They, we have, they're both on the bingo card. I mean, one of, <laughs> sooner or later. one of the Winklevi. You don't got to get both of them, just one of them. We were so close. Like, Cameron was, like, pre-booked, but we didn't pre-pre-book. It's, it's going to happen eventually. And uh, we want uh, Michael Saylor to come on the show. Hey, Saylor. <laughs> hey, sweetie. Come on to the show. Um, I reached out to Hester Pierce again the other day, crypto mom uh, yeah. with the SEC, and, and no reply. I, you know, I think some of these people see the name bad crypto and they're like, why would I want to be on that show? We might have thought about that whenever we started the show, but like, the, yeah. it's part of the deal, folks. Get Should in have here. been the OK Crypto Podcast. Yeah. It's like, come on, my crypto show. Yeah. So welcome to the show. You guys get it. You you get us. You understand us. We're so glad. This is the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. Travis Wright, Joel Com here. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns, the DeFi doofy, the NFT and the nifty nerds. nitwits. The nitwits. That's it. The nifty nitwits. Well, it, it might have been nifty nerds, but I like nifty nitwits. Good. That actually sounds like a great name for a, a show of its own. The nifty nitwits. Right, a Saturday morning cartoon show or something. You know what? A Saturday morning cartoon show where like if all the generative characters are coming together and doing stuff. It's gonna happen. It, that's that's gonna happen. We're going to see cartoon series spring out of these NFTs, oh, yeah, as we sure. discussed on the uh, the Nifty show. And a lot of the NFT projects are tied to gaming, which is why Animoca is leading the way. I mean, you want to talk NFTs, they've got them in F1 Delta time. They've got them in the sandbox, the crazy defense heroes, gamey quid has mintables. Now these guys are revolutionizing the way in gaming. Check out what they're up to at animocabrands.com and you will learn more. Yes, you will. And as we say, everything that Animoca touches turns to gold pretty much like everything Jihan Wu touches. We are pleased to have with us one of the OGs of the Bitcoin space, the guy who was the first to translate Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper into Mandarin in 2011 and um, had co-founded one of the mining chip giants, Bitmain Technologies. He left the company in 2021, and now he is with Matrixport. This is his latest company he established in 2019. Mr. Jihan Wu, welcome to Bad Crypto. Yeah, good. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Where are you right now? Yeah, I'm in Singapore. You're in Singapore. I love Singapore. What a beautiful place. Visited there once and stayed at the uh, the, the Marina Sands Hotel uh, with the overlooking the, the infinity pool. Yes, that is one of the, uh, the must-go tourist site. Yes, it's a beautiful city, mm -hmm. really nice people. Especially, so, if it's so interesting about Singapore. It's like, it's Singapore, the country, and it's Singapore, the city. It's like, it's a city and a country all in one. Seems like. Most yeah, people don't know that. City nation. Yes, yeah. Right. City yeah. nation. In, in Singapore, the dessert also. You can get one of those there, too. Singapore so. sling. 
Gian, let's uh, let's go way back to 2011. Bitcoin still, you know, the white paper just a couple of years old. When did you first discover it? And uh, what made what what did you see about it that made you go, whoa, this is game changing and the uh, the Chinese people need to know about it? Yeah, it was uh, uh, 2011. Uh, I just graduated from university for about two years. Uh, uh, while I was still preparing kind of a CPA examination, uh, so one day I was reading some kind of technology um, news and I um, found out Bitcoin and I did some further research about what Bitcoin it is and the technology and then all the reports around it. And I just, um, uh, in a few days, I know that this is something I need to devote all my time and energy into it. Um, uh, at that time, I know that Bitcoin is kind of a very huge opportunity um, that, uh, for this um, whole world, especially for myself, of course. I saw the potential it grows like 100 times or 1,000 times at that time. Why I can say that, why I could say that is that because um, back in university, I spent lots of time uh, in this uh, in research about the history of uh, money, of the money, gold, and um, all those um, uh, private money and uh, government biked fighter currencies. Um, I I'm was very interested in that. I spent us time on it. So when Bitcoin was there, I know that this is kind of a private money. Um, it once worked uh, quite well in history for many, many times. Uh, but Bitcoin is also a new kind of uh, private money that has never been able to create it before the internet had been created. After the Second World War, uh, I think the whole economy of the uh, whole world was already in a, a very um, uh, solid control by the government. Um, so basically, there is uh, no way that anyone can uh, create a kind of uh, private money uh, that uh, indeed can work. Um, uh, there are still some kind of a small uh, towns in the United States. I know that they print out their own money, uh, but it was... Um, just kind of a souvenir. It's not real money, and uh, everyone buys it home, but just place it, and it's just showing off. It's it's not real money. But Bitcoin uh, was created on the internet, uh, and the internet created a kind of a possibility that uh, it can unite uh, those very small portion of population, distributed highly distributed around the world, into the same community. Uh, uh, for example, if uh, in 2009, if you are telling people that you want to create a kind of a private money decentralized, not a backed by government, I think only like uh, uh, 0.01% in the world is in its population that can accept, can support this idea. But the internet can just uh, gather this group of people together and it can be a very... Mm, uh, small, but it's also uh, uh, it's also working economics. Uh, it was 2011 when I found out Bitcoin and I went to the search. I uh, very quickly I got into the Bitcoin forum, Bitcoin talk, the ORG, and I found there that lots of people are discussing those, uh, the technology economics, and uh, there are also people are buying and selling. Uh, different things with each other, uh, service goods, secondhand goods, uh, and mining equipments, so on and so on. So it's already been working at the money um, since then. Um, so I know that Bitcoin will work. And, and I also uh, managed to see the great potential from the beginning. Uh, those days, people are talking about Bitcoin like digital gold. I first few days, I think we, we should um, compare the Bitcoin and the gold. And uh, if you look at uh, the market cap of gold and how small uh, Bitcoin at that time, I also saw the potential. So I got really excited. 
um, sometimes I at that time I sort of like was kind of a, a really crazy. I spent all my time after work into deep light and reading and research that kind of things. I also start to sell the Bitcoin ideas to the friends around myself. <laughs> uh, Odin, a bunch of a very good friend, believed me. Yeah. And uh, later I saw some kind of uh, <laughs> uh, face. Uh, it's really thinking that was, uh, it's was really kind of bizarre face. They have a kind of a sympathy with me. You know, maybe uh, Ji Han was so smart, but uh, why he got us into some kind of pawn scheme or army uh-huh. scheme or something yeah. like that. Uh, after I understand that kind of uh, feedback, then I just, uh, okay, let's, uh, let me just work on the internet. I stopped to sell this kind of idea to my real world friend um, and I started to uh, work on the internet. And uh, um, at the end of 2011, and I translated a white paper of Satoshi and I also um, registered uh, some social media accounts anonymously and starts to promote the Bitcoin. Uh, and then later everyone starts to know that anonymous accounts it was me. Uh, but that's much later. In the beginning, I wanted to uh, keep my uh, identity confidential. Mm. Probably smart. Probably smart. Definitely. Mm. I want to. I want to ask about this because I wanted to. Because I find that it's interesting how you came across Bitcoin. Is you know one of your you have dual degrees from uh, Peking University of uh, Economics and Psychology, right? And so, yes. what led you to those two? majors because by doing that you're thinking about economics in a different way which i think probably allowed you to understand the potential of bitcoin before most people uh yes all right um because uh, um from a very early time when i started to study economics um i read a textbook um I started to uh, have kind of a doubt over those assumptions, like uh, 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 perfect, uh, re- re- uh, a very perfect person, a very uh, perfect person that is highly rational and highly selfish and acting according to its uh, own uh, interest. I started to uh, doubt such kind of uh, um, assumptions. So I uh, had a second major in psychology. Uh, I know that uh, the real world economist is about real people. Uh, and uh, the real world people is not uh, always selfish, but they are not always, uh, and they are not always uh, rational. They have uh, their own emotions. Um, so it's uh, much more complicated than those uh, uh, economics uh, one-on-one, I think. Um, mm. And uh, the financial market is also uh, about uh, psychology. Um, just like uh, I read the book George Soros uh, about the reflection. Um, because of the real scientific, the real science, the physical world, um, it's not subject to uh, what people think about it. But uh, uh, in the economics, uh, lots of uh, the market price, the market trend are highly subject to what people really think about it. Um, so uh, so um, if we look at a Bitcoin uh, uh, and we look at what is money and uh, we will see that uh, it's really uh, interesting because uh, uh, money for lots of uh, uh, government black fire it's backed by nothing. You cannot say it's backed by gold. Of course, it's not by gold. And someone say, oh, it's just backed up by the uh, guns of the government. It's by the army of the government. Mm-hmm. But it's not true as well, because uh, the government only have like, uh, in every country, it's just have uh, uh, so many associates. It's very few of them. If all the people just decide to discard uh, those paper monies, uh, no one can stop it. And we know that uh, um, in countries like uh, uh, Venezuela, the government still have a very strong, powerful control over the state. The army is really strong against its uh, people. But 
but the currencies is already not working there. So you cannot see that the fight is really backed by uh, the army. So it's mostly it's backed by, by the uh, social consensus. It's kind of a psychology that people have kind of a belief uh, that uh, these things will continue to work. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, um, it's highly psychological phenomena, I think. The, the trust of the collective um, response is, is bigger than the trust of the government is really yes. what it comes down to. So all of this led you to, uh, to pioneer. You know, you were very forward thinking because you understood it you know, right away once you saw what it was. And then you saw that while we're going to need um, miners, we're going to need people are going to be able to need to be able to mine Bitcoin and they're going to need certain types of processors and semiconductors to pull this off. So, you know, at what point did you go, I'm going to start a company here, I'm going to call it Bitmain, and we're going to end up selling billions of these things one day. How did, how did that come about? Yeah, <laughs> I think this journey is uh, one of the step-by-step. -step. First, it was on the BitcoinTalk.org. There were kind of crowdfunding events at that time, and later people built the earliest uh, global Bitcoin stock exchange. It's kind of a website that people can sell their virtual companies' shares, uh, to the investors and most of the companies there are about Bitcoin mining. And the, at the, that time, the real productivity um, business in this uh, uh, community is about mining, people buying hardware and uh, mining Bitcoin. And they can, if uh, they are lucky, they probably can have more Bitcoin uh, than they um, initially uh, spend. And people can trade stocks Contributed those stocks out of those websites. Uh, so I became a very uh, uh, active investor in that uh, uh, website. I started to buy those uh, shares and I researched into those uh, uh, companies and about the money technology. Around uh, this, the same time, there is another very genius young kid called um, Fred Cat. Uh, who got into university at its age of uh, at his age of uh, uh, like uh, um, eighteen? I'm sorry, it's uh, like a fourteen or twelve years old, something like that. It's uh, quite a genius. Went to um, Yale's and then later came back to China. So we discussed a lot about those stocks and those companies. Uh, at that time, there was a company called Butterfly Labs. They decided to uh, do the ASIC. Um, they were they were located in Kansas City, Missouri, I believe. They were located yes. in the Kansas City area, right? And they never delivered their butterfly labs. Yes, yes. At that time, it, uh, it was also very interesting because uh, doing because Bitcoin most about it's mostly about software, and ASIC is hardware. It's totally different, actually different world in the computer science. Um, so it's a very high barrier, and uh, very few people really understand about about the semiconductor, how to do ASIC. When people are talking about ASIC, it's about a, people are thinking about like a hundreds of millions of investment. Um, but uh, when the uh, butterfly labs starts to delay the shipping and the people feel weird, and uh, uh, lots of the community members starts to research about into the ASICs, and the frag hat um, and me, we just uh, read a lots of uh, papers, reports ourselves, and we understand that no, it's not so expensive to do, for example, if you are trying to do like a 130 um, nanometers chip, it's not really that expensive at that time. It's doable. So Fred had decided to do a, a stock ethering. He uh, sold like 60% of the company's shares and raised around like uh, 112,000, somewhere around that US dollar and decided to do the first step out of the ASIC. Um, I went to meet, I went to uh, see the um, engineers Frack had hired. Uh, and I also uh, become the one of the largest shareholder, largest investors for Frack at that time. So uh, that investment was really successful. 
uh, it uh, gave the investors lots of uh, returns. I after that I was able to quit my job. At that time, I I still remember that every day the company can generate a profit for myself around two thousand dollars per day. That was really <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I yeah I was able to pay back all the uh, credit card debt, uh, which. Uh, I you know I just use credit card money to buy the Bitcoin at that time it was really a huge amount of debt I used several credit card to yeah. you, also, sure. you also had early on you had borrowed some uh, you uh, borrowed some from friends and family right to purchase some Bitcoin yes. too so like early on you convinced yes. your family you're like no so there's this internet money trust me trust me I went to school for economics and psychology like give me the, uh, and let's get this Bitcoin. I bet they were like this sounds crazy but okay and in the end I bet they're pretty happy they listened to you yes uh, they got uh, those early investors got like a 70 uh, times of investment after I <laughs> gift, yes after I shut down the phone that's a good return <laughs> right there uh, yeah. So uh, it was uh, Fracat introduced me into the Bitcoin mining. Uh, and later, um, because the Fracat got some other partners, I thought the problems inside the company. So I think it's better I started my own company. Um, so I found another engineer, Mike Cree, who got like 10 years ASIC design experience. I also brought the um, early investment into the company. So I started uh, being me. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I I just uh, positioned myself as kind of investor because my background was financial. I, my role model is kind of Warren Buffet or Soros. But after Bitcoin was founded, I saw that uh, this company cannot function or work well uh, without my help or without my active participation. So I became kind of a co-CEO. So it's kind of investor became co-CEO story. Mm-hmm. I think it was a really fun time. I learned a lot. Uh, so uh, I knew much deeper things about every business is running, like manufacturing, every, lots of aspects of a business, like uh, manufacturing, semiconductor design, R&D, and how to hire um, the uh, people that you really need. If uh, you don't have uh, the skill set, uh, by your existing team or by yourself, and you hire someone, and how you manage a very large group of uh, uh, engineer and uh, people to carry out a, a successful business. And Binmeng uh, also did lots, lots of business at that time. It's uh, um, semiconductor design. It's, it's also doing um, manufacturing, self uh, prioritary mining, mining pools. And we also do some investment in the ICO ops. Uh, well, later, uh, later Bitmain was not doing quite well. Uh, I think the two co-founders both made some mistakes. Bitmain was uh, in uh, financial stress uh, since the beginning of 2018. So the last three years, I was uh, in kind of uh, saving the Bitmain efforts. Uh, it was really... Uh, painful memories, but it's also a great learning experience. I had a very serious fight with my partners, co-founders, but we managed to set it in a peaceful way. And Binmain uh, managed to avoid bankruptcy, uh, which actually I think made lots of uh, uh, people disappointed because <laughs> because uh, Binmain has uh, competitors and uh, uh, and in the crypto world, uh, because we supported Bitcoin Cash, a uh, kind of uh, uh, fork away from uh, the Bitcoin. Um, lots of people really uh, have some kind of uh, hate against me and Bitmain, but uh, Bitmain managed to survive and uh, uh, it is doing well these days. So I think it's a great journey for myself. It uh, was uh, really successful. And it was also uh, getting into some kind of a crisis. We managed to overcome it. Yeah, they they actually. So you know, looking back at, at Bitmain, I'm curious about the partnership with uh, with is it McCree Zahn? Is that how you pronounce? It? Yes. Yes. Uh, mm. Yeah. So how, how did that partnership come about? Because I find that it's interesting because it almost seems like 
to me, by looking at that story, it almost seems kind of like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak are working on this thing, and you guys are like, hey, let's build this. Uh, only in this relationship, uh, Zahn was, got a much bigger share of the company. Was that because he was the original CEO and you, were, you just invested in it originally? Or how, how was that set up? Because he ended up with like 36% and you had like 20%, which is still huge amounts. But I just, I was like, wait a second, he's the CEO. How, how did that whole thing sort of transpire? Cause uh, it's almost like Waz got the bigger deal on this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the beginning, uh, because I positioned myself as kind of a financial investors. So at that time I, I just uh, dreamed of uh, like investing into a very successful company. I just, uh, you know, be a passive shareholders. Um, so usually in such kind of uh, um, uh, scenarios, um, the team, uh, the leader of the team will go to much larger pie of uh, the companies. Um, that's uh, one reason for it. And another reason for it is that uh, uh, even though in the beginning I invested into fracast company, ASK Manners, I got um, lots of money, but it's still not enough. Uh, if we consider the possibility that uh, uh, Beamman's first tip out had uh, been had been a very possible situation that it may fail in its first tip out, so it may need a second tip out. It uh, still requires money from investors, so I decided to fund a, a few other investors to invest together with me. So if something go wrong uh, in the first tip out of the chip, so we still have money to do the second tip out to save the company. Uh, from a failure, uh, so I, um, so the as an investor, I uh, um, co-invested with our investors, and uh, we also uh, thought just a kind of a passive investment. Um, but I, even after we found out that yeah, well, we need to do lots of things, and we we did not ask more shares from these companies. Um, because this was quite fun at that time. We, we did not think about it too much. So, you know, mm. Bitmain, very successful. You exited mm. and then you're like, all right, what am I going to do next? And you looked around and you thought, mm, management, custody, this is what people are going to need. And so you founded Matrix Port, uh, which is a sponsor of the show. And we want to learn more about what Matrix Port is doing because I can't figure out how in the world you pay 30% APY on, on USDC uh, under custody. So wh why did you decide to start Matrix Port? Yeah, at that time, uh, we know uh, that uh, um, the crypto is going to be there. Uh, it's not going to disappear. Um, it's, it's, mu it's much better than I thought at 2011. Um, um, the worst scenario at 2011, if you look at that time, um, uh, it's possible that the Bitcoin is just a bubble. It may become like a $10,000, $20,000, and then all the bubble just disappear, right? Because um, we have uh, seen lots of uh, such kind of bubble in the financial history. Um, but uh, in 2019, uh, Ethereum was already functioning uh, for quite a few years. And we see that the blockchain technology has been um, a kind of independent technology, technology um, that is separated from Bitcoin. Uh, the world is much more than just the financial bubble. It's just more than just pump up the numbers. Okay, let's have a higher price of Bitcoin. No, it's more than that. Of course, the Bitcoin is doing quite well these days, but it's definitely it's more than that. And uh, we have seen that lots of um, population are kind of a crypto natives, and they earn money in the crypto space, and uh, they are not going to leave. They they don't have plans. Okay, let's just cash out. We just save the money to the bank, uh, and uh, no, they 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 stay there. So. Uh, they will need some more sophisticated financial products, financial services uh, than exchanges. Uh, they will need a, a whole bunch of tools to manage 
it's crypto asset, it's digital asset. It's a different word. At that time, people still not talking about meta universe, but uh, definitely it's uh, it's the way we think about it. It's a different universe. It's a different world. So we named our company like a Matrix Port Matrix. We all know about the movie, um, which is going to have another episode at the end of this year, right? It's great. Do we really Matrix. need another Matrix <laughs> sequel? I don't know, but I hope it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we. We position ourselves. It's just kind of port. It's an interface for people to manage their life in a different world. I'm I'm curious, and I know a lot of our listeners are curious as well. So, Bitmain is was based in China. I don't know if it's probably still is based in China. Yeah. 2018, right? Uh, China says, "Hey, we're having a ban on Bitcoin mining." And then they then they released that ban. And then now in 2021, there's another ban on Bitcoin mining and crypto trading. Although the Chinese government holds a lot of Bitcoin, they're now banning the use of, of crypto and trading it and mining in China. Like, how has that impacted you and your business over time? And I, I guess that's probably one of the reasons you moved to Singapore, right? Yeah, uh, in the beginning, um, I have a thing such kind of risks of uh, China such to buying crypto because uh, China is a very large uh, country with uh, uh, 1.4 billion population. Um, lots of people are very well educated. Um, 25% of it are very well educated, but 75% of uh, the population is still not very well educated. They are very easy to fall into scams and um, uh, financial fraud. Uh, and the crypto it's a world without uh, very strong regulation these days. So I think uh, after like 10 years of um, uh, free world state in China, I think the China government finally decided to uh, buy the crypto because uh, the, they want to some blockchain technology that is um, under control, under regulation, under its management. Uh, and they don't want uh, kind of a blockchain technology that um, uh, they cannot control or easy to regulate. I think that basically that, that, that's the case. They like that uh, control. So, Governments seem to like that control mm, stuff, don't they? Seems. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they, they want control. Uh, and uh, um, and the crypto uh, mining also uh, consume lots of energy. And... Um, um, and uh, and uh, one and we also know that if you really want to buy the crypto out of China, you need to buy the money, because if lots of uh, miners are mining crypto inside um, uh, mainland China, and uh, such kind of production is there, and how how are you able to buy uh, crypto uh, in this nation? without buying the money. So it's necessary to find the money as well. And it's also consume lots of energy. And these days, um, I think China and US have lots of conflictions, but uh, how to reduce uh, the carbon dioxide emission is uh, one of the common goals for two countries. And it's uh, from the uh, most uh, top politicians in both countries. So it will have to have some serious impact in China. Uh, so uh, from 2018 and 2017, we started to kind of uh, internationalization for Bitmain, and uh, in the um, uh, in the settlement, uh, I got to uh, take away all the overseas business of Bitmain. Um, and Singapore is a very good country as well. Uh, it's a small nation, but it's a very professional. Uh, government the regulators here are highly accessible and reasonable, and it's also a financial hub. Uh, lots of uh, um, tenants here to hire for financial service business, um, and um, we also have been seeing lots of uh, crypto people are living here as well, like uh, Binance uh, founder CZ and uh, Ethereum founder. Uh, co-founder um, Vitalik uh, and lots of other uh, crypto companies are coming here as well. Um, so it's also a blockchain hub. Uh, and um, uh, we 
uh, we as a kind of enterprise, uh, we will not doing things that uh, our government really does not allow us to do. So we just decided to uh, continue the business uh, at where uh, the government allow us to do. And Singapore is a really good, great place. Do you and uh, CZ and Vitalik get together and go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have met with each other uh, a few times. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet that's interesting. So I want to add this on there real quick, Joel, because it's, it's it seems like a good place for this. Is is the Bitcoin mining hash rate over time? Like in in September 2019, China had 75 percent of the Bitcoin mining hash rate, and they want to take that down to zero. Like. Did the, did, did the Chinese government not realize the, the, the power that is, is involved with owning 75% of the hash rate? Like, w- taking it to zero seems to me to make no sense. Like, they would want to keep that. Um, well, indeed, uh, uh, China have uh, uh, different layers of the government into structure, the local government, uh, central government. Uh, indeed, lots of local government uh, like crypto monies very much uh, because uh, um, the lots of the hydropower cannot uh, sold out um, in summertime and then the crypto can consume it. Uh, then the crypto miners pay taxes there. And uh, those uh, very deep mountain rural areas, uh, lots of people cannot find a job and the crypto miners create a job there and uh, bring lots of people out of poverty, which was also a central government's plan uh, to bring all the people out of poverty uh, in China. Um, but uh, I think the central government has uh, its own uh, considerations, especially about its uh, financial security and overall the energy consumption. And we have seen that in this summer, in the recently that China are kind of a shot of uh, electricity in a very serious status. And uh, uh, Lots of industry manufacturing and families, homes, electricities are needs to be cut off to maintain the security of the uh, grid. Um, I think the central government has made its decision and uh, everyone needs to um, work with it. Um, before, um, even though the central government got lots of uh, opinions uh, exper- expressed, uh, with the crypto, but I think this time is really different. Um, and we have seen that OK, Huobi and other uh, Chinese crypto companies, they have been held very clear that uh, yes, this time they will stop the business in the mainland China. Mm-hmm. They will shut it down from mining to the other financial services like these changes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It, it seems like every other month there's something from China that they're banning this or that or the other. Um, it's, it's definitely uh, something worth watching. So uh, let's get back to Matrix Port then. What, um, you know, setting this company up, what makes it different from some of the other crypto financial service companies? Yeah, we are kind of a full stack service firm. Uh, we provide custodian and we also structure lots of uh, um, uh financial products and solutions to our customers. Uh, and lots of uh, those uh, structured products are inter- indeed introduced by Matrix Port into crypto world uh, in the first place. For example, dual currency, it can help people to uh, get a very high yield from uh, its principles. Uh, if the crypto's uh, volatility is not uh, high enough, it's within kind of range in a sideways market, our dual currency product can help people to earn lots of profit. Uh, and we also um, structured uh, some products like uh, Smart Trend. Um, the press, uh, in the behind, we just use um, the interest to buy options for uh, investors. So uh, we investors have kind of some of a judgment over the coming um, price over the coming period. They can um, say, okay, that I think Bitcoin is in a bullish trend. I can invest into smart trend. Um, and we will use the interest to buy a call option. And if the investors is right, they will get a very high yield, like a 30 or 40 APY. But if they're wrong, they probably will be wrong. They will not lose any money 
because we just use the principal. We just use the interest uh, to buy the uh, option and their principal will be safe. And we have uh, some other uh, structural products, very innovative. We, uh, we also have found and we use the money and to trade uh, those uh, basis arbitrage opportunities in the uh, pep between the perpetual market and the spot market. There, there is uh, not, uh, I think we are kind of a category creator in this market. We know that lots of other companies are, are trying to learn from us, uh, but we're kind of a category creator in this market. We are a lot of providing a very um, simple solutions. Actually, we're not providing a simple solutions to our customers. Uh, some of our uh, some some of uh, other players in this uh, field they just provide a very simple uh, yield uh, yielding products okay five percent eight percent and behind uh, the product they are investing their money uh, from the customers without uh, distinguish uh, or telling very specifically about what's is going on behind uh, so it's just kind of uh, uh, putting together scheme uh, and uh, paying out some kind of uh, interest promised. Uh, we are different. Even though some of products in the beginning, the customer needs to learn a little bit what's really going on behind the, each product. Uh, and they need to know, to understand what is the risk behind such kind of product. But uh, our product uh, is kind of segregated. Um, from each other. So if um, one strategy, one product lose money, um, it's just about that category. It's about the specific customers. It's we're not going to impact uh, the whole money pools, the whole platforms, no, it will not. Um, so we are providing kind of easy solutions for well-educated uh, investors to understand what's happened uh, but uh, all those uh, um, uh, using or customer or the software interface is easy. Definitely, it's, easy. it's just a one click. For example, we have um, uh, solutions for customers who want to join the DeFi mining. It's, just, it's we call it kind of a CDFI in the core. It's a DeFi, but uh, in the in the interface is kind of a CFI. Um, they just uh, uh, move its fingers around, just a few clicks they will be able to start to mine those uh, DeFi protocols uh, in, like, in compound, in uh, curve. Um, I think that that's kind of a, a unique approach uh, between uh, the difference between matrix port and other service providers. Mm. I like how you say your earning interest mm. should be easy and it should be easy in the traditional uh, you know, finance world, you're not getting much interest. And so DeFi really helps a lot of folks, you know, it's like take control and you're going to become your own bank and you're going to do a lot of good stuff. Instead of like getting rid of your, your Bitcoin, how about you borrow, how about you loan it out and gain interest on it? And it's just a smarter way to do things. I want to actually, I want to flip this a little bit because, uh, you know, in the, in the nature of time, I want to ask you about this, you know, cause you, you big, you big on Bitcoin, you mine Bitcoin, you saw Bitcoin really early if you were starting out now, right, what would you start investing in? Like, say, you know what? You've just borrowed 100,000 yuan from the family. Like, what are some of the projects that you go, oh, and I'm not saying this is not financial advice from Jihan Wu. I'm just saying, what are you looking at that interests you that you think, oh, these are some of the things that could take off down the road? Or, or how would you suggest our listeners start thinking about the future for the biggest potential returns down the road? Um, I think the biggest uh, uh, potential uh, is still um, in the most innovative world. Um, right now, I believe it's um, still Ethereum. Um, it's still kind of uh, the leading uh, in the innovation. Uh, so um, if uh, I think the, the challenge for new investors right now is uh, uh, that there are too many, many projects in this field. Uh, that uh, um, the uh, learning uh, curve is much, much more uh, sharp than, uh, uh, than many years ago. Uh, but it's also, uh, it also means lots of uh, opportunities like uh, AX, um, AXS token, it's um, gamify, 
right? It's uh, it generated like one hundred times uh returns just right. within this year, yeah. And Play it's not pump scheme. Taken off, huh? Yeah, and it's real, right? It's a real game, and people can play with it, and um, and people are are working together with each other and build guild, and build team, and to earn money, and uh, lots of uh, things happening in this space. Uh, so if um for uh, small investors, I think uh the most safe, uh, the most uh, um promising way is to learn and to know what's really going on in this uh, community and to. Uh, be able to participate a very good project, a very the real innovative project in the beginning, and I'm I'm not really pro those. Uh, I'm not really agree uh, with uh, some kind of a way of investment. Like just uh, okay, let's just find another Shiba Inu. Yeah, Shiba Inu is uh, the real innovator in the space. They are able to need a new type of community. It's about. Uh, it's about kind of <laughs> a very lovey dog, and the people are just <laughs> hiding together, and uh, and uh, Mimi, uh, lots of memes, uh, social memes, uh, in the forum, in the Twitter, and uh, spreading the word, and and uh, even build a DeFi around it. Uh, but uh, um, uh, but some kind of a copycat of such kind of model, I, I don't think it's really a good way to doing this. There are still lots of new things going on in that space. Um, I'm sorry that I, I cannot really uh, point it out. Okay, well, what, what's the next uh, X? Uh, what's the next AXS? Because when I know about AXS, it was a few months ago. I invested a little bit myself, um, but I think it's also too late because uh, right now I'm managing a company and I was not a, a tweet. I was not a, a fresh graduate that so I have lots of time. But if um, you are you you are students, you are gradu- just graduate, you have lots of time to know about it. I, I think just to dive really deep into those projects, know what's going on, and to think about it whether this is a, a next big thing or not, and participate early. Uh, and for right now, for an um, uh, investor like myself, I will just to put my lots of my money into Ethereum, um, Bitcoin, and uh, it's kind of uh, the, the major coins. Yeah, so you've been at this mm-hmm. for, you know, 10 years or so, and you can look back and go, okay, this is where we started. This is where we are now. Wow, so much has happened. Let's put your futurist hat on, your, your Jihan Wu future glasses, and look 10 years from now. Where is blockchain, Bitcoin as far, not necessarily with the price, but it's integration with society. What are we going to be doing that we're not doing now? Do we have mass adoption? Talk about the future 10 years from now. Yeah, I believe 10 years from now, the blockchain will have a a very uh, strong impact into the real world. Uh, uh, I think things are happening, but uh, Maybe just one year ago, we would say that the blockchain is just a virtual world things. It's just kind of matrix, right? People are, the, the things happening in the blockchain is purely different than the real world. Um, it's um, self-sustainable. Uh, that's uh, the successful factor for blockchain. They don't need to interact with the real world that much. Uh, but I think 10 years from now, we will see the blockchain have a real impact uh, into the real world. Firstly, it's a financial market. Uh, we will see uh, traditional financial instruments got into the uh, blockchain and uh, it will be working quite well with the regulators. Um, the bond equity or some uh, new um, innovation, uh, new innovative financial instruments will be invented. And the crypto and the blockchain community are very good at innovations. Uh, for example, for uh, average folks, um, if you look at a very familiar things, Uniswap uh, LP, um, just people just providing uh, their liquidity into a pool and they got a kind of a token um, and they managed to get uh, those trading fees from such kind of uh, um, liquidity pool shares. And this is definitely a financial instrument 
which has never been seen in the traditional Wall Street、uh, financial world. And、uh, it's real, and it's、uh, not a、uh, based on pawn scheme, and uh, uh, it's basically it's providing the liquidity, and people can earn the、uh, fees from it.、Um, such kind of innovations we will be able to see、uh, from now on. And、uh, a few years ago, the economic、uh, magazine uh, just uh, have a、uh, have described the blockchain as a trust machine, a machine that can build trust. And I think that's also blockchain about. And、uh, based on such kind of concept and、uh, philosophies, we will see lots of new instruments be created to make lots of people working together. And、uh, the gamify is already an example that different people from different parts of the world they parted together and to build a guild and to earn money together,、mm. and it's、uh, just game. But maybe、uh, we will see. We we have already seen NFT. NFT it's um uh it's different people just creating the arts, and it's it's. It's already start to help those artists in young ages、uh, be self-sustainable and to be able to create a further better artists for this world. And we may see some other enterprises, businesses,、uh, inventions, technologies are supported by the blockchain、uh, financial network. So it's a financial network. I think it will necessarily it will start to impact the world. In a much stronger way,、um, and、uh, during this road, we eventually will see the blockchain world match like more than one hundred trillion dollars worth of assets on the blockchain.、Um, right now, it's just、uh, like two trillion dollars. We will see like a fifty times growth from now on,、um, and we will see a very positive and a strong impact into the real world. That's huge. Now, how much of that's going to be? Central bank digital currencies and how is that going to impact it? As we've talked about governments like control, how is the central bank digital currencies going to impact the independent crypto markets? You think、uh, those CBDC?、Uh, I think in the West world, it will just be a part of the whole blockchain world.、Uh, I think somehow it will be important because、uh, the government uh, backed uh, digital currencies.、Uh, people still. Believe it,、uh, and、uh, it's have lots of good use, and、uh, it indeed can make the、um, crypto world much better. Right now, people are still worrying about either、uh, safety, and USDC is also going kind of、uh, um, investigation by the SEC, something like that.、Uh, well, people still have kind of a concern, and lots of uh, uh, capital institutions still got concerns over using the USDCs. Uh, even though it's、uh, getting popular day after day,、uh, if a CBDC、um, is being introduced,、uh, I think it's、uh, it will kind of help the blockchain world as well. But it will not be able to replace、um, the other、um, uh, crypto assets.、Um, I, I don't think it will. Yeah,、uh, Bitcoin is unstoppable. Just,、um, Right. You, yes. You can't, you can't stop it. Yes. More importantly, it's more useful. It's more innovative. If a government introduces kind of CBDC, definitely we'll see some very、um, highly regulated, a、uh, very narrow、um, scenario that you can use it. But on the blockchain, we have been building so much blocks on top of each other, and uh, it's uh, amazing. It、uh, will never be able to have such kind of products and innovations、uh, in the world of CBDC, but it can be just kind of a fundamental instruments for this world. People can trust it. Do you,、uh, Gian? Do you buy NFTs? Ah,、uh, yeah, I managed to buy a few bunch of it, but <laughs> but I'm not really a fan into this. Do you <laughs> have a Do you have a crypto punk or a bored ape? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah,、uh, look back.、Uh, look back at the history. I think NFT is just kind of art、uh, collections.、Uh, generally, it's not a good investment、uh, in different asset classes.、Uh, but、uh, it's for fun. It's uh, uh, it's kind of showing off. It's、um, 
also very fun that uh, a group of people that have uh, the same CryptoPunks and uh, you can uh, just hang out together and discuss the things. It's really fun. I know that, but uh, yeah. But as an investment, I think it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't disagree. Most of them, you know, are are not going to have long term value. But the uh, the fun that people have, the experiences mm-hmm. that they unlock, the communities that they build. So we're not going to be able to lock up our uh, our NFTs in the matrix port and earn interest on them, then, huh? Yeah, we 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 bought uh, matrix port bought a piece of land. Uh, in a virtual world, and we invite our customers to show off their collections in that uh, virtual matrix building. <laughs> uh, was it sandbox and or decentraland, or where did where's the decentraland? I think it's in decentraland, and uh, yeah, and we seriously hired some kind of uh, um, architectures to design the building of matrix portal there. <laughs> nice. Well, you guys can uh, go check out mm. Matrix Port. Uh, unfortunately, it's not available to U.S. citizens, but if you have USDC, you can earn 30% APY. That's high, That's higher than anybody else I've heard. I'm still sure, not sure I understand exactly how you do it, but go to this link. It's badco.in forward slash Matrix Port. Uh, if, uh, you know, uh, Bitmain is any indicator of uh, Jihan's uh, success, then I think Matrix Port is probably going to be a big hit as well. Uh, good, sir. Thank you for uh, for coming on today and, and sharing with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Travis. That was woo wonderful, wasn't it? Oh, that was bad. <laughs> this is why the Winklevi will never come on the show. Hey, maybe so. Probably because they're like, we don't like to be fucking called Winklevoss. Yes. There? We're two people. We're two people, damn it. We're two. We're individuals. And like, shut up and row your damn canoe. That's- <laughs> <laughs> row, row, row your canoe. Gently down your Harvard, down Charleston River. Oh, my. Wow. Uh, Travis, I there's a lot of buzz going on right now in the crypto and Bitcoin world. A lot of people are very optimistic, some of them outwardly, some of them quietly. But there's this this vibe, this buzz, the sense that the big explosion, the major bull run could be about to happen. We're talking about the parabolic bull run, the one that we've yeah, been gonna, waiting. I for. think we're going to call it the crypto orgasm. When it happens, right? It's going to be the big splooge <laughs> of crypto everywhere. Um, well, people are getting excited not only about, you know, it's like more and more people are understanding crypto. With NFTs, that brought in a certain group of people. With these play-to-earn stuff, that's bringing in more people. You know, uh, Visa is finding is building their own Layer 2 thing for crypto. There's teams within Amazon and Apple that are building stuff for Bitcoin. Like, these are all signs. And, you know, I think I think it was um, Max Kaiser. He says that the upward trend on this one for Bitcoin should be around two hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. Like, mm-hmm. That should be the top based on Fibonacci and whatever. But I don't understand about that. I don't know why they got to be fibbing to us. There, there's that. two pieces of news that just happened here um, was announced on uh, the 12th of October. One of them is that three years ago, Stripe cut Bitcoin support from uh, from the Stripe app and they are they're back. They've built they, they've hired um, and are hiring new engineers, new designers are like, all right, we're back in. We're going to do uh, we're going to do crypto. So they're building the future of Web3 payments. That was one piece of news. And the other is Coinbase saying they're going to be launching their own NFT marketplace. So all of a sudden, you know, I don't know how many millions, how many, how many millions of people use Coinbase now? Uh, you know, it's the biggest exchange in the U.S. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They're going to start doing NFTs. Yeah. We still saw that news yesterday. A lot of, a lot of interesting stuff happening. Wait, wait a second. What is the name? What is the name of the one that, that uh, Jack Dorsey started? He didn't start Stripe. No, he founded the Square app. Square, Stripe. You put a Stripe in the Square and now you got a stripe it's good yeah so how many how many use coinbase i'm looking it up right now and um as of april 15th of this year coinbase had 56 million registered users so people are hearing 
about NFTs, and now it's going to be in their face on the exchange that they use. I mean, yeah, pretty soon. Sure. sound like this is ginormous, ginormous news, and um, pretty excited. Pretty excited about the 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 next wave of things. And uh, in in fact, you know, there's some news. I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but I mentioned this on the Nifty Show episode 100 that that was my final episode of the Nifty Show. Stepping away from that, I'm going to still stay here with bad crypto but i'm launching a new show um not just crypto specific there'll be some crypto people come on it it's gonna it's, be uh, a shit show travis it's gonna be complete such a complete show. Show. It's it gonna might be even epic, be an epic one show. yeah so basically the whole idea is to interview people who are doing epic things in life and you know doing good stuff making the world better and building a community of the world's most epic folks that's sort of the idea it's a grand idea but uh you know it's a great name it epic shit show it's a great name. It's a great name. I love it. Uh, I'm glad it's, you like it. It's, good. it's hilarious. Yeah. So actually building out, I uh, got uh, almost got a hundred members on the discord now, sort of organically, which is good. You can, you can check it out if you want to join uh, discord.gg uh, slash epic shit. And uh, you can come in and be a shit talker. And uh, we, we got some great, we got some great guests already lined up. We got five of the first 21 guests already confirmed. Uh, we have Rose McGowan's going to be on the show. Uh, ja Rule, we interviewed him for, for a nifty show. He said he would come on as well. And uh, got a couple. Oh, we got Brock Pierce said he would come on yesterday as well. So we got him as confirmed. John Lee Dumas has confirmed as well. And then we got Rob Pryor, who is the uh, the artist uh, that we chat that we love so much, who paints with two hands, both hands simultaneously. <laughs> he's got two hands it's and he's an artist. It's so funny. Amazing. <laughs> so this is fun and so, uh, so what's good is i'm trying to loop the community in at, at all times and be like who all should we have on the show like who are the guests that we want and then what's going to be fun is i'm going to make an nft collection every seven episodes going to do a generative nft collection of those seven guests and uh, they're going to be every nft will be unique uh, the way that it's going to be set up and uh going to actually give revenue and pay folks to come on the show like i don't know that anybody has ever had a podcast where they pay people to come on the show. Normally, you got to pay to come on a podcast a lot of times, right? Have you ever heard of anybody ever paying somebody? Like even TV shows don't pay you to come on. Like Jimmy Kimmel, you don't get paid to come on it. Um, I don't know. I I would imagine some celebs they pay to come on, yeah. like and negotiate. I don't know. Usually, it's because they want to pimp a new movie or you know mm -hmm. uh, album or something that they come on. Yeah. It's like come pimp your stuff and be on my show for free. You no, know, that's what I do not have. I do not have a pimp scheduled yet, so I need to get a pimp on the you show. You need to get a That'd pimp. You know what just dawned on me is the I think the biggest requests from kids for Christmas gifts this year are going to be NFTs. Like, what do you, you think Jim? So? What do you want for Christmas, Mama? I want a I want a Rumble Kong. I want a bored ape. Like, yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. little little kid. You're not getting that. That's what I, I do. I think that you're going to have more kids than ever asking for NFTs for Christmas mm. or Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and mm. uh, all of those things that you would ask for gifts for. Mm -hmm. Mama, I want. What is it called? On, uh, what is it called want, on Seinfeld? Uh, the, uh, oh, um, Festivus. Oh, yeah. The Festivus. Yeah. So. Festivus yeah, for the rest of us. Serenity now. Remind me when the time draws near so I can air my grievances to you. Oh, that's good. I'm sure you got a list with the Festivus poll. That's good. No, that's good. <laughs> all well, right, everybody. I, I, I do figure that there'll be probably less grievances since we're not doing multiple shows and all kinds of other shit. So it's good. So like, have a little, you, have you a don't grieve me. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to socially distance, Joel. You don't grieve me. Sometimes you give me a little gas, but you don't grieve me. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like this. Good. We were having a conversation today with somebody. We were talking about historical stuff, and then Joel's we're talking about Genghis Khan. And he's like, "Oh my God, I'm so glad my mom did not name me Genghis, because then he'd be Genghis Khan, which is funny to me." And now I'm gonna start calling him Genghis. <laughs> It'd be a great name. Like if I had a. Oh, you're old, Genghis. Okay. Like yeah, uh, if if uh, the dog wasn't already named Rufus, to name him Genghis. <laughs> Maybe the next pet you get Genghis. Yeah, Com. I don't know. That's the gerbil. gerbil. You get a gerbil. Yeah. Call him Genghis Com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out of here, gang. Thanks for What's listening. Make sure you. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah. What? what? Can I I'm finish so the damn show? What? I'm, glad, I'm so glad you had. We decided to come on such a bad show. Yeah. Well, 
but it didn't get really bad until after the interview. That's true. Now it's gotten worse. Now we'll never get one of the freaking Winklevoss. Gosh. And and now we have everything that we need to stay bad. Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.